Business. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at Bevel. I already told you, and I'm going to tell you again. Bevel is taking the grooming industry by storm. Their buzzer, the razor, hair care products, grooming products, official tissue. Go to getbevel.com forward slash Pete. Get yourself a discount. Check out what they got going on. The grooming products, the razor. Uh, Tristan Walker is even doing a hair care product called Form Beauty. Listen, it doesn't stop. Getbevel.com forward slash Pete. Check out what they got going on over there. Tell them the Premium Pete Show sent you. This episode is also brought to you by UN Athletics. Listen, go to UNAthletics.com. At checkout, put in PETE10. That's the code. Get yourself 10% off, and it's free shipping. Listen to me. Get yourself a new pair of kicks. UN Athletics, I fuck with them. That new drop they got coming with Anthony Mason, man. His son, Anthony Mason Jr., designed that shoe. They're dropping it. All the proceeds go to Anthony Mason Foundation and the family. It's dope shit. Listen, if you're not a Knicks fan... You, even if you're an NBA fan, Anthony Mason is, is is just a legendary dude. UN Athletics got a bunch of, of releases and collaborations that are coming up that are dropping. Go to UNAthletics.com at the checkout, put in Pete 10, get yourself 10% off and free shipping. Chichi. Internets, I got something for you. Take this number down 804 452 7383. Again, that's 804 452 7383. I'm bringing back this segment, Ask Pete. Let me tell you something, that's the Premium Pete Show hotline, okay? Anything you're going through, you're having problems at your work and you want to quit and follow your dream. Maybe you're in a relationship and, 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 and your girl's driving you crazy or your man's driving you crazy. Maybe, you know, marriage shit. I don't know. Maybe you want to know where the best pizza or bagel spot is. It doesn't matter. Leave your name and let us know. Call up 804-452-7383. And listen... I might pick up. I probably won't, but hit me. Get your questions and your comments off your chest, okay? And like I always say, if it ain't no fuck shit, we're going to play it on the show. Speaking of the show, we're back at it this week, sitting down with Mr. Chef Fahaya himself, Hawaii Mike. Hawaii Mike speaks about what it's like running a cannabis business, bacon with different type of strains, the moon rocks, all that. Then he lets us know what it's like being a road manager for Mob Deep back in the day, what it's like making deals with Gatorade, Mountain Dew, Burton, and more. And also, what it's like watching Prince get denied to get into a New York City club. Are you fucking serious? Listen, there's some gems in here also. You know what we do every week, okay? It's not only about us. It's for the people. So take a pad and take some notes down. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get to the show. Cheer. Everybody get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internet, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Listen, I'm really, really excited to be in Hawaii. Okay. Well, we're actually in New York City. We're not in, in, in Hawaii. But um, this brother right here has been a longtime friend of mine, um, somebody that I consider a mover and shaker. Um, not born in New York City, right? But definitely a, a, a New York City shaker, um, someone that makes shit happen. Um, so many different things, and I can't wait to get into them. Um, I want to introduce Hawaii Mike to the Premium Pete Show. What's going on, Listen, internets? Right off the bat, right off the bat. Yes. Okay. I'm going right into it because we get swinging. I seen a post last week on Instagram, HWMK Hawaii Mike, which is your handle, and it started. I started to read it, and I started reading about how you've been going through some anxiety, and and how um, you know a lot of 
people and men particularly, you know, we don't talk about it with, to each other and depression and, and, and I was like, yo, I need to fucking speak to Mike. Not only because of just a historic career of you <clears throat> connecting the dots and building brands over the years and, you know, doing stuff uh, on the road and the music and, and, and the chef for hire, the cannabis. There's so many things to go over. But more importantly, I was like, damn, man, you know what? You think about it. Men, not all, but a lot of men don't uplift each other. And, you know, if we say like, 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 I'll give you an example. There's times where I have a couple of friends I grew up with that I'm still cool with to, to this day. And, and they're like, yo, you sound like you're having a fucking bad day. And I'm like, that man, fucking, I'm having a shitty day. And then I'm, and then they're like, what? And, but then <laughs> they won't ask me like, and I'm like, you know, I seen someone write something on Twitter the other day and they were like, don't, don't be so focused on cutting people off who ain't checking on you. They may be concerned. They may be thinking, well, "Why haven't you checked on them?" Because mm-hmm. you never True. know what they're going through yep. in this world. But but, but what's well, going it's a on? Two-way street. What's I mean, going on with you? I mean, for me, it's, it was. Um, I've always felt that it's the weaker man they can't talk about their problems, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that person needs to be able to talk about their problems. So I found myself not actually following that advice. And so I felt I, I needed to speak out about it because I was going through shit for a long time and just never spoke about it. But spoke to friends about other things that they might be going through. They would talk to me about, but I would never really say it to them. So I didn't want to keep that kind of like perpetuating that cycle. So I felt like if I kind of opened the dialogue myself and, um, you know, see who kind of responds and, and who reaches out. And I was, you know, surprised to see a lot of my friends were like amazed to be like, yo, I never thought like you ever would have been depressed or have anxiety or worry about anything because of how I carry myself. Sure. But shit, like Jay said, like I did it for so long. I became a thespian. Like I was, I was (laughs) acting like I was, it was literally like two different things. And I also got to a point in my career where I wasn't happy doing the shit I was doing. Like, like we were talking about the manager shit, right? It's It's a thankless kind of thing. Like I appreciated who I was working with always, but if if the client did well or got accolades or got a new cl- uh, a new sponsor or uh, uh, got a new deal or whatever it was, that was great for them. Like they did that. We didn't really help, but if something fucked up, oh, that's our fault. Mm. Like you know. Well, we- speaking about, I mean, we, over here, what we do is we'll bounce around different topics. Yep. So, for instance, <clears throat> you know. Um, when you did start the management company, that yep. was LTD, which yeah. was originally a magazine. Which was originally a magazine, yep. You later on joined with, I believe, Clark. Yep, Clark DJ Kent, Clark Kent. And, yep. and formed the management group where, and correct me if I'm wrong, had Jonathan Manning. Yep, Manning, Ni- yep. Nigel Sylvester. Yes, sir. Um, who else? Was it Spinner, didn't you have um, Nah, Sean CNLV. Oh, Sean CNLV. Um, um, and uh, didn't you have a DJ? I think you had a DJ. I forgot who. Um, yeah, we had a few DJs. Um I mean, I'm just blanking out right now. That seems like like so long <laughs> and ago. And it wasn't even that me, long ago. But nah, any- but it does. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, even like with somebody, I would think the biggest one I've seen out of that, of you do work and connect the dots yeah. and, and do what you do, uh, was Nigel. Yeah. I remember doing, I'm not sure, did you get him like a Gatorade? Uh, no, he thing? had Gatorade. Okay. He had Nike. Okay, you had G-Shock. Um, you did G-Shock. No, he had G-Shock. Wait, we really? Did, we, we did Beats by Dre. Okay. Um, we helped with Sony. Okay. Um pff- that's a few of them. Um, For those who don't know, Nigel Sylvester is a professional BMX yeah. rider. Yo, actually, go check out his Go videos. He's been killing it. I think he just shot one in Dubai also, but he's been killing it. He's so, on GoPro now. So what made you, at a later time in your life, what made you get into management? Well, 
I mean, I, I, now that I'm doing what I'm doing with, with Chef for Hire, I did it because I needed to understand what managing somebody's career meant because now I'm managing myself. Mm-hmm. And I manage myself as kind of talent and my wife and, and our, our brand as talent. So I needed to learn that aspect um, I need to learn that trait. That's sure. another tool for my toolbox, right? You know, it, it, it's so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy because I remember um, through a mid part of you know my career, especially in podcasts. I remember I called you up and I was like, "Yo, Mike, you should manage me." And he was like, "Yo, I got too much on my plate to manage anything." <laughs> and you know, looking back at it and think of like you know how much you were going through, because you know it's like hey, I'll give example. I always use this example: when you go on vacation and you hit up somebody from where they are. They're living their regular life. Mm -hmm. You're on vacation. You know what I mean? So it's like, here I am hitting you up like, yo, you should manage me, not even knowing what you're going through. Like, you know, thinking that you could just take me on, not knowing that if you have a big workload or shit has been crazy or shit hasn't really panned out. Because, again, it goes back to you saying about the anxiety and depression. People, you know, they see social media, see Chef for Hire, oh, Hawaiian Mike, he's good. Yep. They have no idea of the... Day in, day out problems that you go through. Unless we talk about it. Yeah. And so that's why I started doing that. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, we might as well have that dialogue. I mean, I've had people approach me saying we should do small groups and get togethers and, and just talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I always actually want to do that with couples. Like, you know, we grew up in, in the music business. Yeah. I've been with my wife 23 years, married 17 on August 12th. That's crazy. Like, and, you know, she was in videos. I was in the music industry. She worked at Def Jam, too. She danced at the Tunnel on Sunday nights at Mecca, all of that. And that's classic. Like, yeah. And, but we, so we grew up. Like, we're a well-known couple in the music industry. Like, executives, professionals, all kind of know us. Yeah. And, and so it's like, you know. And what is her name for those who may not know? Uh, Stephanie. Okay. Um, and so, you know, it's, but it's a, it's a you got to work through that. So it's, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. First of all, uh, how yeah. the hell are you together for 17 years married? Married. 20, 23, 23 years, years together. Yeah, yeah. And I know there has to be ups and downs because it's a roller coaster cool. ride with no seatbelt. Obviously. Give advice for people. If you have, from knowing all the ups and downs you've been oh, through, <laughs> what would be some advice that you um, would tell a married couple or somebody looking to get married? Uh, know know what you're fighting for. Like, if if you're fighting to win a fight, you're with the wrong person. If you're fighting to stay together and you understand you're going to hit bumps in the road and you're going to have, you know, tragic shit that happens between you, like, that's a different story. And I think that's what it is. I think that's the difference. I think I see so many of my people struggle in tug-of-wars and or or going back into the old ways of this is how a man and a woman in a relationship should go and this is our duties and ver- I mean everything's everybody's different you know you guys got to complete each other in a different way and every equation isn't the same yeah and it's, and it's funny too because it's like <clears throat> as you guys got older I mean you have older kids your oldest kid is what 20 some years 20, old 24 yeah. graduated college already anywhere yeah. I've gone I've seen you both together yep. networking events any type of media events, any type of fucking mixer events. I'm like, yo, this, like, they really, like, not everyone has a relationship like that. You know what I mean? Like, there'll be, like, guys who go to, like, a a, a, a networking event, their wife's at home. Or, you know or, I mean? or they never even, I've, I know mad people that have been married since I've known them, and I've never seen their wives. Yeah? <laughs> like, yeah, because you work, I mean, certain people work in the music business, they separate that shit completely. 
So let's take it back. How did you even get into music business? Um, so I'm from San Francisco originally. Okay. Born, born there. Where the fuck did Hawaii Mike come so from? So I was born in San Francisco. My mom moved me to Hawaii because she was working with growers. Um, we'll get to that later. Well, really? Your mom yeah. was a grower? Okay. Well, my mom, yeah, my, both of my parents are musicians, hippies. Okay. So I grew up around, like, cannabis to me. My crib was where you went to smoke. Like, When was the first time you smoked? I was, like, nine with one of my, uh, like, fake stepbrothers. And, and he then, gave you a uh, joint? Nah, we was, you know, grab out the ashtray of, you know, whoever's crib you're at. Roach? Like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, Roach, you know. <laughs> what about like with your parents? Up? When was the first time you ever smoked? Uh... I was probably 16, 17 with my dad. Was it weird? Nah. I used to, so that's, so how I got in the music business, I used to snatch weed from his stash. I was sneaking into the Gavin convention, which mm -hmm. is a music convention. Um, this was probably 90, 91. I was selling trees and then met a bunch of people in the industry. They fucked with me, offered me an internship. I moved out to New York. First record I worked, uh, did college radio as an intern for Diamond D, Best Kept Secret. Mm -hmm. So I got hired on the video set right on Second Ave. Anthony Mason, R.I.P., was there, you know, doing his thing. And Classic. Shout out to Martha Reynolds for sure for holding me down up there. Jameson Grillo. Like, Man, you're going back with the names. Oh, yeah. yeah so like, so before I <clears> ask <throat> you about the weed, you were saying, so yep. mom... Mom, you know, moved out to San Francisco. You said the Hawaii. You talked about how you got Hawaii. Yep. Yeah. So my oh, so my mom took me to Hawaii. Um, so I was, you know, five until ten years old. So like first to fifth fifth grade, and then sixth grade, I moved back to San Francisco, and went through uh, middle school, high school out there, and then got out here in '92. Mm. Hawaii, Mike. Yeah. So you know who gave me that nickname was Pecos. Really, Sean Pecos. Yeah. From from uh, formerly Def from, Jam. From Arista Records. Arista Rock Nation. No, no, from Arista Records. When he was at Arista. When he was at Arista. Why did he give you that name? Why? Um, I was known to have um, flowers, and I used to wear Hawaiian shirts. And he was <laughs> like, "There's Havana Joe, your Hawaii Mike," and I was like. I'm going to fuck with you on that. I like that. I'm going to take that. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, go. And so my whole thing was that I used to see people at record labels mm -hmm. and they might lose their job or go somewhere else. Phone don't ring the same. I figured out that they was calling the phone numbers. They was calling the position. So if you was radio promotions at X label, that phone number didn't change because mm -hmm. they wanted the DJs to be able sure. to get a hold of them, sure. right? The names changed. So I never wanted people to answer the phone for where I was calling from. I wanted you to answer the phone because it was me. <laughs> yeah, so everybody asked me, Mike from where? Just tell them Hawaii Mike, yo. Yeah. So if I was at, you know, working with Mob, working with the Source, working wherever, I was just Hawaii Mike, yo. So speaking of um, <clears throat> Mob, you know, it's funny because when at our one year anniversary for the Premium Pete show, you know, I had Prodigy come by. Mm -hmm. And I remember texting a couple of people who I'm cool with, like yourself, and I was, sent you the flyer, and I was like, yo, stop by. And I think you said, Yo, you may have caught me on a good night. I'm I'm out and about. Yep. And you, you know, when he passed, you know, rest in peace, man. It's still such a shocking and sad thing. We had spoke um, recently, and you were like, "Yo, thank you for reconnecting me." Nah, with him. for sure, tell man. Tell us about tell us about that. Nah. Um. So 
just for y'all that don't know, I was mob deep road manager from January '95 until I think July when I went to the source. So I was like kind of like their, you know, first kind of dude on the road with them in a in a in a way when you know we was on tour with Big, we was you know all over the place. The album came out, the album released, like you know all of that. So we had a good relationship. Um, like I actually co-signed. Funny story, I co-signed their cars. And then one time I'm going, I was working at the what source. Kind of cars was it? I was hoopties, y'all. He was, if I remember, like it was, yeah, it might have been like a Honda Accord hatchback or some shit. It was a hoopty, y'all. Um, <laughs> there was the buckets, y'all. But if you ask anybody <laughs> from why Mike had credit back in yeah, the day, I mean, if you ask, I, mean, I still got credit, but you know, but IMD, or you ask any of them, y'all, they they remember the hoopties, y'all. So. I was working at the source. I was at LaGuardia. And you know you can't go on the inside mm-hmm. lane? Mm-hmm. I was trying to be slick, drop the shit off right on the curb and keep it moving. And they got me. Had a fucking warrant. Really? Found out P left the car on the side of the road with the plates. Mm-hmm. So I had a fucking desk warrant. They they caught me up. So I was locked up in Port, of, Port Authority in LaGuardia. For how long? Uh... Like 13, 14 hours, just overnight or something. Did you ever like get that. a chance to tell P, like, yo, what the fuck did you do with the car? Yeah, we, I mean, we, I obviously I had to get that shit clear. You know? he, had yeah. to, he had to take care of it, pay all that shit. So we got it all figured out, but it was all good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, now, so back to, yeah, I like, I hadn't spoke to, like, we'd run into each other. I'd see him, you know, after sure. shit. But after he had got out of prison, we ain't really, like, you know, hang or nothing. And, you know, I was calling you to let you know, thank you for letting us reconnect yeah, it, sure. at, at your event. Um, but, but when we did it, that, at your event, it was like, you know, we sat there and we kind of spoke and we hadn't really had that that moment. And, uh, you know, we just reminisced on old times. Um, I actually wrote a funny story about uh, us being in Cleveland. We was at a steakhouse and uh, him and Hav had, like, slid the steak knives after we started eating. I'm like, the fuck? Like, you know, we don't get in trouble. You know, but we was in Cleveland. Like, we ain't have shit on us. So it was like, you know, I'm the biggest dude in the group. I'm 145 pounds at the time. Yeah. I'm only 5'10". You know, they're not, you know, the tallest guys or the biggest guys, but, you know, they're hardest. And um, so we had the show, and I'm in the sound joint, and they got their mics, everything. We were about to press play. All of a sudden, Biggie's music comes on from the turntables. The fuck? About three, four songs into the show, mad people rush the stage. They pin security. They chase Big and all of them out. And um, I finally get everything. I scramble. I'm trying to find them. I get backstage. Both P and Hav just standing there with nods. Like, like, <laughs> like ain't, ain't nobody fucking with us. We here. And I'm like, and he was like, yeah, see, that's why. Yo, was Craig Mac, <laughs> Craig Mac on that? Uh, huh? Craig Mac on that? <clears throat> so I don't, I don't think Mac was on when we did the shows. I think we were kind of like replacing Mac on some of the spot dates. Yeah. And that's a whole other story. Yeah, he told know. a similar story he told a similar story <laughs> on one of our episodes. I think one of the uh, one of the maybe last year episode I did with him. He told a story about uh, you know, some knives and running through a crowd. They put bandanas on. I think it was was there pepper spray going there was on? Pepper spray. There was mashy because they pinned the security guards. For some reason the security guards had put um them folding tables. Okay. Okay. And then in be- they were in between that and the stage. When they rushed, they just pinned them under the tables. They couldn't move. They were just stuck. So everybody ran right over them. So it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was madness. It was hectic. From being Mob Deep's man, road manager. Yep. 95. Was it 95? 95. What would you say? You only did it for like, what, seven, eight months, you said, right? No, nah, I was like, yeah, it was like six, six, seven months, six months. Okay, six, seven uh, months. But what, what did you take from that? 
Um, I mean, for me, that was my first time being on the road. Like, and, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, like, well, I had a burner, but we didn't have, like, you know, real access like we have now. We didn't have internet. We didn't have none of that shit. So being out there and trying to connect the dots in real time and the stress of, you know, I was the liaison for everything. I had to collect the money. I had to deal with the promoter. I had to deal with the radio people. I had to deal with the other people in market from the label and drive with them and meet all these different personalities. Um, so it was probably my most, you know, eye-opening experience that I had to date. Mm. I mean, again, I was... 21 you know what I'm saying like how much weed uh, we smoking on that road I mean that's always I'm always smoking <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's that that's never changed um but I mean it's you know it's harder to get back then like yeah, it's yeah. different a lot of regulars right? a lot, a lot, of, a lot of Reggie Reggie Bush Reggie Bush yeah a lot of now, Reggie Bush now, now did I give you a headache back in the day Reggie Bush I really didn't fuck with Reggie like that yeah, yeah. yo I'll never forget when, <laughs> when when I mean I smoked when I was younger but I'll never forget when the good shit came out. I think it was like maybe like uh, Hydro uh, was at the mm. time or Chocotai, which was really kind of fake. Cause I feel like there was really no real Chocotai out there in New York. That's how I felt. Uh, man, that was, that was Blueberries. That was, but, but, but that's all like, those are all way different things. Like Chocotai, original Chocotai is back in the day. That shit used to really be on the stick and look yeah, all funny yeah. and like. You, know, you get that shit in a paper bag with like a popsicle. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, like, but that's different than what like the chocolate that say like the only tech from Smith and Wesson gets. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause yeah. we saw, you know, we see each other like, uh, how can I be down in Miami? Yeah. He got the black, I got the green, and got the ET. Hey, listen, and then we good. That's a weed family. <laughs> now with LTD, yep. how did you start uh, later on? You move on. Well, actually, you know, well, actually, yeah, we gotta go back to yeah. Hey, don't skip that one because that that goes into LTD. Okay, so so let's stay with Mob Deep. So with Mob, Deep, Mob Deep, well, not even so with Mob Deep, we ended up on the Source Magazine. So back in the day, the Source Magazine used to have these van tours to sh- okay. you know shake the blocks, and you know we was the first ones to have those real street team style vans with the systems on the outside speakers, and um, so we ended up on that tour, and uh. The dude who ran the tour, my brother Oos, um, we was in Atlanta and uh, was at the strip club. And I mean, obviously, we were just telling stories. So we was at the strip club, and long story short, stripper didn't like something he did and threw a glass and broke it on his face. What? We was at, I think it was, was it Nikki's VIP or something like that? I think it was Nikki's VIP. And, and so I, we had just met. Like, we met a few hours before this. And I'm at the strip club, and this shit happens with this dude. And so we had ended up going to the hospital, and he's, like, gushing, and they didn't let him get to the back. And so I figured out, I just, just kind of, you know, skated through, do what we do, right? Connect the dots. Sure. Got him to the back, got him in front of a doctor. He got stitched up, and we got out of there. Um, so he ended up helping me get a job at the source. And mm-hmm. so that's how I ended up at the source. And then I, was, I became the mobile marketing manager for the source. I was the guy doing all the um the tour stuff with him so he would drive the vans and i would be the liaison with the labels and the artists and everybody else yeah and that's at the source that was at the source magazine yeah. and then i actually became fucking surrender records i was like i worked with benzino and all that really? shit. yeah with the hangman three so when they was doing all their albums i was the dude in the studio doing all the recordings i was leading all the creative direction i was getting everything pressed i was doing the promotion well, what part what part you, you, you kind of step into the game. What yeah. what part did you actually feel like you knew what the fuck you were doing? 
I mean, yo, I don't think anybody knew exactly what the fuck we was doing back in 95 in hip hop. Like, I think people had a grasp on the music industry and certain other things, but the source was, we were still growing. Like, we was big in in that world, but that world wasn't that big at the time. But it meant a lot to be in the Source magazine. Oh, 100%. To the people, but that's to the people that were in it sure and maybe the and now people, and yeah. then we weren't the driving force of popular culture we was knocking on everybody's door still you know we were still out on the doorstep like can we get in the big house sure like it wasn't you know shiny suits didn't even start happening yet yeah man you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i mean we had arsenio and all that but it was you know it was mass was different back then and what was big isn't you look back on it it was like yeah actually it wasn't really that big yeah you know, from being in the industry, especially the music industry, and yep. you think about all the artists you know that you, you know, became friends with or became yep. cool with or did deals with or worked with. To this day, later on, looking back, who are some of the people that you still talk to today that still have a good relationship in hip hop? Uh, I mean, shit, Bum B is probably still one of the longest standing, but I don't even consider him like a hip hop guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's just, just that's, like a, that's just the just homie. Bummy, yeah. That's just a friend, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just with the Licks last night. Shout out to them. Shout mm-hmm. out to J-Row, Swift, Tash. Um, I mean, shit, Bleak, you know. Mm-hmm. You actually reconnected me with Bleak. Hey, again. listen, that's two reconnections, Yeah, that's bro. two reconnections. You're doing good, man. Yeah. I, I think everything comes in threes, though, right? So yeah. there's going to be another one. Okay, so okay, we'll, sorry, we'll, we'll see what the other one. Th- or maybe this is the connect, right? It's the third connect right here. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we got funny stories with Bleak, too. Uh, uh, who else? Where'd man? you meet Bleak? I mean, bleak from the industry, but we got cool from um, the homie Franz and DJ Franz and out okay. in Vegas, who I've known since we was teenagers. Um, you know, just smoking, chilling, you know, same kind of vibes. But some of the things that, uh, <laughs> with some of the crazy stories that would be. Um, I mean, we'll just say there was like, you know, certain skirts with the law that luckily he has a few friends in high places that uh, helped us get away clean. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. No Allegedly, I don't remember. Yeah, allegedly there were some things that happened on some New York streets. And now, now, <laughs> now, let me ask you something. With, okay, so you're at Source, yep. right? But is is that what wanted you to you know made you want to believe that you could create LTD? So, so I did the, my first thing at the Source was on the mobile on the, on the marketing side, sure. right? So I, was, I was on yeah, so I was on um, on that side and. uh one side they tried to get me to move to Boston to run the label and work with them but everything wasn't set up perfectly I'm chilling in Hawaii so I was like I'm gonna chill I'm not gonna do that mm-hmm. um, so I left the source I think in end of 97-ish like and then they like street team promotion stuff you know back in the day that's the hustle um, probably did that for every label you could think of at the time and then I created a sneaker column. I pitched the Source Sports. They had like a small sports magazine that Chris Wilder was doing. And uh, I pitched him on a sneaker uh, sneaker column. And so we started reviewing sneakers. I started getting into that. And then that turned into me becoming the lifestyle technology editor for the Source magazine. Mm -hmm. So I did that from 99 to the end of 2002. And that's how you... Over the years, built your sneaker collection because I remember. That's how. Yes, I remember. I mean, well, because before that, all my joints from Cali got lost in a fire, and then really, yeah. So I had like top tens, all my old Adidas, all my shades, the B Boy, and like all that stuff. But all that shit got lost, and then I think the first first Jordans I got for free were the neon, the black neon 
fourteens. Oh, okay, okay. Why'd you get them for free? Because I was at the source. Okay. <laughs> but, but you actually, so, cre- you actually, cre- I mean, not saying that you created that, but you think about it. If an editorial team is, you know, covering something, yeah. you got to send them the product. Yeah. That was going on way before you got there, right? That was, I mean, or, yes, or no. but not like, I mean, you're talking 97, you know, not that anybody really knew about it. It wasn't like now where everybody knows this product seating. Sure. Like, it was way different. I mean, the term influencer only meant celebrity at that point. Yeah. yeah. Right? There was no social media. There was no local influencer that any brand cared about to get penetration into a local market. Like, there was none of that. That's all very recent. So, But we, did you, we, when, when they sent that to you, did you ask them, like, yo, send me a pair and I'll review it? Or did they suggest that to you? Well, it becomes relationships, right? Yeah. So, I was just saying that was the first pair of sneakers they sent me for free. But what it was, I mean, real talk, it was like, Yo, we were only a handful of people getting it. Like, I mean, what other... So we'd go on a PR trip, right? PR trip now could be a bunch of influences from Instagram sure, or sure. Vine sure. or bloggers or this or that. Back then, it was print mm. and newspaper. Mm. Like, that was it. Like, there was nobody else. So we'd be out with Vogue, GQ. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to even remember, like, like wow, I don't even remember the other joints. New York Times, like you know, shit like that. It was never some you know other magazine. Like Rap Pages wasn't even on those trips with us. It was Vibe. Vibe would be the only other. So me and my man Hyun, like, so we'd be the if you if you were calling us influencers, then we'd be the only influencers mm-hmm. that were coming from our world. Like mm-hmm. it was until after like, shh, I mean, Cargo Complex. We got rolled up when I did LTD in two thousand and three. So it wasn't until then. So before that, like, it was, oh, Slam. Russ was at okay, Slam. Yeah, Russ, that was the Russ other Bankston. one. My bad. Yeah, yeah, Russ. Shout out to Russ Bankston. Yeah. Um, like, Russ was at Slam and trying to see who else. Like, that was really it with sneaker stuff. And then, like, it was us. And then I added the technology side because I started seeing all the technology adva- uh, technological advancements, all the different computers coming out, video games, PlayStation this, fucking, you know, NBA Live was popping. Like, if we're culturally participating in that we got to show that shit in the magazine sure and it was snowboarding snowboarding's popping we got to show burton we got to show spider you know, we got to show you speak about that yeah. hold on i got to cut you off because you speak about that now you have brokered deals with burton right yep. for, for yep. clients or yourself yep. you brokered deals with capcom yep right how did that happen how does some how, how does someone broker uh, a deal with capcom or burton well burton so so burton um they only sold their product on the mountain mm-hmm. right so that's ski resorts but every time I wore their products throughout New York, people would stop me, ask me what kind of jacket I was wearing or what kind of pants I had on in a snowstorm. So I talked them into letting me do product placement off the mountain. So I was seeding rappers. Like I was seeding 50. I was seeding G-Unit, mm. putting them in, like, AK product. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, but cat- they were with it when you sent it to them? They were like, oh, oh hell fuck yeah. with this? Because yeah. nobody else was rocking it, True. and this shit is dope. True. True. Like, it's... it's Because like, we were still wearing, like... I mean, you still wear North Face, right? Sure. And back then, we'd wear any kind of piece of North Face that we could get our sure. hands on. Um, what's the, what's the, uh, the crazy shit with the... Um, ah, I'm blanking out. The anoraks that are crazy. Like, oh, right. Anoraks? No, the right. North Face joints. Oh, Steep Tech? Steep Tech. Yeah. So all the Steep Tech... I mean, we don't ever need to wear that in New York. Yeah. What do you need to wear that in New York for? <laughs> Unless you're riding a motorcycle, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, but off the mountain, that shit just fly. Yeah. Right? Like we were wearing Vasque 
back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. You don't really need Vasco. You're not hiking out here. Because <laughs> really, you step on them fucking steel grates, you're going to bust your ass in the snow. True. Right? So, you know, we started doing all that shit for fashion. I just started talking Burton into that. Like, we related to it, right? Like, Burton is one of my favorite companies because, like, they got a smoking device in almost every season. Mm. They got stash pockets. Their tool was a pipe. See, I never even you know realized that. Like, yeah. Because it's a lifestyle thing. Like, it's just part of that that lifestyle. If you snowboard, majority so, of so, them cast smoke. So, so for somebody who's a freelancer, yeah. right? Somebody out there listening right now who's a freelancer, right? And they're hearing your story about dealing with Burton, yep. right? And it's amazing because what you're telling me is that you literally had a show and prove to them. Yep. You know, like kind of like, yo, let me, let me do this. And then here you are. Getting in on the likes of fifty G unit and stuff like that. What happened like after that? Did they believe in you? Like, oh shit! Like, and give you a job or, or give you not not necessarily a job, but give you business. So yeah, to speak. they did. They did until the girl changed positions, and I had to try to talk to somebody else that didn't get it. And you know that shit happens at companies all the time. And then yeah. you just move on and go to the next company. Yeah, I mean, for me, to to probably to my like detriment, I've never pushed mad hard on people. And I think it's because I was doing everything I was doing to kind of learn the trade and understand it, but it was for a bigger purpose of what I'm doing now. It was never really for me to stay there mm. and just do that. How many, you, you <clears throat> sat in meetings with so many different brands of people. Everybody from, I mean, we, I mean, we could go over them from <laughs> Nike, Burton, Capcom, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Uh, I'm sure you were in so many different meetings. Yep. How many people that are deciding on stuff like this don't get it like <laughs> the majority <laughs> but that's the thing it's like you get lucky like mountain dew randomly what did you do with them so randomly i i've been brought in as an influencer it was like me it was jeff staple it was um i think the dude from tokion magazine when tokion was popping mm-hmm. this is probably 2004 2005 and they were just talking to us about trends just different things culturally relevant things why is this popping why is fashion like this what does streetwear mean what does sneakers mean randomly they brought us in and sat us in front of some of the executives one of those executives happened to be somebody that knew me from Def Jam Mm. he he happened to be a lawyer at Def Jam shout out to Frank Cooper and from that I had that door so I had now we had a language that we both related, we both could speak and understand. And we knew what that meant to the consumer set and the consumer demographic they wanted to reach. So he understood the value. I didn't have to jump through hoops and sell them. We just had to put together a great program. So their their problem was they were trying to do limited edition packaging and premium pricing. They needed help with a few extra artists because they were doing these, these art bottles. They needed um, one artist they couldn't get on the phone. I called him right in front of him, got him on the phone, locked him in, and he said, fill four more. And then we did it, and then we had a competition between three other agencies and um, beat them out to name the program and, you know, figure you know, out. You know, in this day and age, there's so many PR companies that yep. handle, you know, handle brands. I mean, do you deal with PR companies or do you now? Because it's hard to deal with the brand anymore, right? When you say that, I mean, uh, Jordan Brand has PR companies, like yeah, but they still yeah. got people at Jordan, so it's like it's. I mean, there's there's layers, there's, there's levels to this shit. There's layers, you know. What I mean, <laughs> it's like it's it's just that, like it's, you know, um, it depends what your relationship is. Yeah, 
I don't know. I don't deal with anybody. Anymore. I'm not an influencer anymore. <laughs> You're an uninfluencer. No, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, listen. No. I'm an old. No, nah, you know, in hip hop, we don't we don't respect. Oh, please, I don't, we don't want to go through this. Exactly, Brian. we don't go I talk back about to that this all the time. Bro. But I'm just saying, but it's just it's the same thing. So it's like all these cats that are in that position when they used to look and read the source and look up to us or LTD sure. or when I was managing Nike athletes or working with all it was a different story now I'm not in that space I'm not an influencer so they're not sending you but I'm the boxes. same. but I'm the same person sure I'm doing the same things I'm around the same people but what's different yeah right that's how the game is, man. You know, the game, like, you know, it's like... What do we do? When You know, it's funny, too, because it's like I even think about something like like a kid like LeVar Ball. You know, people talk all this shit like, ah, if this kid balls out, you're never going to hear anything but good stuff. And all these brands are going to be throwing fucking money at him. And everybody knew it, and you I know, called it, and... Oh, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I feel like... And, and I understand how it is, you know. Um, you know, more importantly, Capcom. How does, it, yep. how does something like that happen? Um, Oh, that's your phone. Capcom was, um, damn, how did Capcom happen? I I want to say somebody randomly came to one of our events, and then um, my homegirl Emily now, Emily Anadu, um, she came to one of our events and um, saw our space and wanted to try something at the space. We used to manage um, the Etney space okay. in Soho. It was on Green. It was a private building. It looked like a store or a showroom on the first floor. Offices were in the back. We had a dope-ass roof. And then we had a basement floor where we did events. And so they had this thing called Fight Night that they would do for Street Fighter. Mm. And it was um, it was for their, their their Street Fighter community, which was like they're super savage in their space and they're all about it. And um, Seth actually was one of the characters came up from the community, actually works at Capcom. So it was like they're they're about that kind of life sure. and, and really integrating and really being about their community. Um, so we had the space. They wanted to try it. We did it there and then just kept doing things. I actually helped Just Blaze do a uh, uh, he did a sound bed for one of their commercials. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Justice. I mean, he was doing a lot of stuff with uh, video games then. Uh, Justice always has his hands into something. We got we got into a little drama over that. Just remembers that, huh, Just? Really? You were ready? You were ready yeah. to snuff him? No, no, not me and Just oh, at oh, all. Wait. It was just like, yeah, it was yeah, it was funny. <laughs> what, what happened? What do you mean? The, something about I don't remember. Something about the the <laughs> the BD gave us had been used for some, some LeBron Nike thing, but he didn't know. You mean he already had gave it to someone else? Or it was it, was, it wasn't the same exact it was it was super close, but it was close enough where it was like, yeah, that's the beat. Mm. It was like cause he didn't know it ever came out. He thought it got deaded. Yeah. And it was like some mad obscure shit on the internet that they found. It wasn't even like, you know, mad people saw it, but oh my you know. That's fucking great. You know, just, just, hey, listen, just is the cheat code, man. I'll tell you, he that fucking guy, man, is good at anything, bro. And I'm telling you right now, and I don't say this about everybody, bro. I I had four or five breakdance battles over the years with him. That guy fucking spun on his head, his finger, his fucking... Uh, he, he, can. he did all the moves, okay? I, see, I, I watched him produce fucking uh, tracks. Guy's crazy. Anything he does, bro, video games, like he takes all that ramen. shit from... Ramen. Ramen. <laughs> <laughs> yo, actually, yo, you owe me some fucking ramen, bro. We supposed to meet up. Yeah. Hey, actually, listen. I still talk to Josh. You know, we, we got to go fucking... He was the master of the fucking two-way alerts. Oh really? What? Yeah, him and I think I forget the other DJ, Ev or Ev or something like that. But he, they, he was like the master of the two-way alerts. So when I was at the source, he used to, you know, that's how we got cool. And actually, actually, we didn't know it. I mean, remember, but he was um, interning at the studio when Mob was recording too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So. Just, just has an amazing career, man. He's a great guy, man. I'm, I'm, 
Proud to be a friend of his. He's he's definitely a cheat code, as as we say. Young young Justin. You know, um, when you hear about these deals that you brokered, and you know, I look at it as a freelancer, and I speak to you not only from probably people and listeners worldwide, but just from myself. Yep. How hard is it to be able to make a big check one month, and then the next month maybe nothing? Like, how has that been that you don't have a four hundred one k? You know what I mean? You don't Who have. Says? Well, who says? Well, okay. Well, see, that's so that's the, that's the funny thing. So I got lucky, right? When I was at the source, um, so I've been independent since '97, yo. So I'm actually celebrating like 20 years of being a freelancer, of almost being 20 an entrepreneur. Years. So even when I was at the source, the second time as a lifestyle editor, I was in the masthead. I had an office. I had business cards that said the source, but I was a freelancer. Mm-hmm. I paid for my own health insurance. Mm-hmm. I've been paying my own health insurance for 20 years. Fuck. Right? I've been doing my own investments for 20 years. I've had life, uh, both whole and term insurance. Like, so there's money in that. There's college. I already put one kid through college, so the college funds. So I might have a 401k from a job that's putting money in. Sure. But I'm doing it. Right? You're doing so, it your own way. No, but it's, it's the same shit as a 401k. Sure. It's still a 529b or whatever sure, the, sure, the numbers sure. are for the college um, tuition. It's still, you know, the same thing. And how, but how tough has that been? To I mean, because be I'm sure you so, had great months and great years, and I'm sure you had tough years. Of course, but you got to save. You got to know how you. You know, I've had a business manager. Shout out to Grubman, like for ten years now. I don't. You know, people. People. Uh, I think for, uh, business managers are underrated, man. A business manager are very underrated. Why man. is it important to have a business manager? Well, if if you're always hustling, you're always on the move, you're always doing shit. You need your numbers and everything else to be backed up, right? Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you got people chasing your money, paying your money out, so you're paying your vendors and everybody else on time, paying your bills on time. Like they pay my whole life. Mm-hmm. I only pay. I only pay. I think my gas bill and my credit card, my personal card. Those are both on Chase, so it's like that's in an app. True. Everything else from my rent to my quarterly taxes for two or three of the companies that I have right now, like everything is done by every, every like I wouldn't I wouldn't survive without that shit. Like not at all. Like and I pay you pay for it, but it's like having an employee. True. Right? But they're an employee that that knows what they're doing, does it well. But how do you find a business manager? Uh, you get lucky. Gotta ask around. You gotta get like, you got, but that's the thing. You gotta ask around. I don't think we ask for help enough, yeah. especially men, right? We just, sure, that's sure, how we started right. the show, yeah. right? So whether it's talking about anxiety, depression, or help in my career, sure. or help with my family, or help with finances or whatever, we don't ask for help. Yeah, you're told that's weak. If you're asking for help, you're weak. You know, it's funny too. I look at somebody like you, and I say that you know how to connect the dots. You're a person that used. The person in the brand, not the brand. Mm-hmm. Right? Meaning like you made the best of relationship with the person in charge to make the moves and to get what the fuck you're talking about. It's crazy because it's like we, you know, we, 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 we talk to people about stuff like that, but you, those people will never know anything else that we're going through. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like we, we open our mouth for stuff like that. Pause. You yep. know? <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to, you know, the things that we need to talk about. But anyway, you, you're right. And we... It's 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 really crazy because I think some people don't understand how important networking is and how important building relationships is. Your network is your net worth. I mean, listen, it's cliche, but it's so true. I mean, 
I mean, to a, you know, to a huge extent, it is definitely true. Because the more you climb up, the more you're around people with money or experience, yeah. you know, um, knowledge just in general, you know, it's it's key. You can't you can't without it. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here without a network or, yeah. you know, constantly sure. building, constantly meeting people. And that was going out a lot, too. That's the oh, thing, too. Yeah, yeah. And you're older now, so you still, you know, yeah. sometimes you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to go out as much. Oh, it stopped. Yeah. It stopped. But do you realize that when you go out, <laughs> it's amazing who you see? You know, yeah. Yeah, I'll give example. Like, even me, like, I'm older now. And uh, sometimes when I'm home, fuck, I like to stay home. I'm a homebody. Yeah. But I do like when I get to mix and mingle and run around the city and stuff like that. But I realize whenever I'm out and about, amazing things happen. I yeah. run into this person. Uh, I, I get an opportunity here. But I'm like, yo, I, I can't stay out every day. Yeah, but then when you're 42 years old and you go out with your wife on her birthday and you go to a club you don't want to go in, you realize you didn't get searched, you text your man who's the general manager and you tell him that. And you end up in VIP right by the door when you're rolling up. And then the shots go off. Was that you? Yeah. Was that recently? That was Irving Plaza. Really? Five, you were there? 525. Yeah. I was, I was standing right like where that mic stand is right there. There was the door. Wow. I'm rolling up, chilling. That whole shit happened. Everybody banging around past me. Fell right at the bar. Two dudes carried the chick out, got blasted in the knee. And I'm watching that shit with the blunt. And I was just stuck. And I had, and I clicked in the mode and went, ran, looked for my wife, found my other man. And then sent her downstairs, got her out front. And, you know, we made, we actually fucking, I, I dumbed out and didn't go the right way because I forgot to go to the other door. Went to the other, oh, I got another one. And we went and, and got caught. By the stairwell, because people were standing on top of each other to get down the stairwell. And that's when the other shot went off and we was across. And, like, you know, so for me, like, I was, you know, I've been in shootouts. I've been in a ton of shit. I was at the Nas joint. I was tons of places. But wait, wait, at, when but at 42. Was that the club you about? Huh? That was the Irving Plaza. Uh, same place. That was the Troy F shit. Oh, that's right. <laughs> like, Fuck, man. Uh, you know, so. All that How the shit. fuck do you find yourself at these places when this is happening? That's what I said that night. And I, yeah, and, but I'm not and, talking about you are you're the king of regular, you know, mixer networking events. Um, like you know, I'm not talking about only the club. Well, for that, I ended. Up, I forgot why I ended up there. I was going to meet with somebody, and um, I think honestly, I think we just wanted to go see Ti. Like my wife just wanted to see Ti. It was her birthday, and she's like, "Fuck it." And it was my, you know, my boy was, you know. Working did you, there. Did you catch her outside when you when you went back outside when you went the right way outside the door? No, I had already sent her downstairs. She had gone downstairs and she was outside already. She was good. And then you came outside and just uh, kept moving. Uh, I mean, the scene out of there had to be people almost trying to stomp stomp each other out. Nah, I Meaning like stepping was, on each other. No. I mean, at the well, just because it got that stairwell shit just gets you know that shit always gets bad. Yeah. You know, so that was that. But yeah, it was you know. So for that shit, I haven't been going out like that. Yo. Yeah, that shit what, for that, me. what about that now? Shit, you were in the mix of that, like in the center, or you were right by the door too. When was that? I don't, I don't remember where that shit happened. I just remember the shit going off, everybody running, and it was like homie got shot. Like, you know, that was it. What was it? Where that? that what that hotel's over there now? At the hotel. It's like a no, no. The shit that shit was on Thirteenth and uh, oh, Broadway. Um, it's uh, it's like a Hilton Garden or a yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyatt I don't remember the gates. Yeah, yeah. That used to be the. Yeah. It was the Key Club or Spa. Mm-hmm. Or some shit like that when that shit happened. 
Man, crazy. Well, even hip hop. Yeah. Listen, it's part of hip hop. That shit was everywhere, yo. In the 90s, anybody could have got shot. I mean, we've seen some great fights with some great artists. You know, <laughs> be, be, before we go to break, before we go to break, I want to ask you this. 1997 is when you decided to become a freelancer entrepreneur. Yes. What the fuck was your thoughts of success at that time? Like, what did you think that would make you. Everybody has a thought of like what they would want to happen. Honestly, my dream at that point wasn't all in the music business, but it quickly changed. But the dream was to be um, the largest independent music distributor. Really? Yeah. And and that changed quickly. Quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Because then the whole like fashion style shit came came to play somehow. I forget how. And it just went to that. Yeah. Listen, Internet's we're sitting here with the one and only Hawaii Mike, okay? We're going to take a break, so I want to tell you to listen, light something up, because Mike has always been in the flower business. Chef for hire is something we're going to get into next. Um, who knows? This guy fucking eats his pasta. He got weed in his pasta. I don't even know. <laughs> Internet, grab yourself a, a, a backwoods. Um, what else? You use a regular easy uh, wire? OC, OCB. OCB. Listen, don't go nowhere. You listen to the Premium Peace Show. Be right back. Cheer. Yo, what's up, man? It's Steve Lobel, and you're listening to the Premium Pete Show. We working. Intense, we already told you this episode is brought to you by Bevel. Getbevel.com forward slash Pete. Punch that in on your phone, on your laptop, even at work. Don't worry, they don't block that site, okay? Go on to getbevel.com forward slash Pete. Check out the groomers they have. Check out the buzzer they have. Check even Listen, Tristan Walker's even doing uh, um, the hair care product called Form Beauty. Official. Support that man and support that business because he's putting out cutting-edge product. Getbevel.com forward slash Pete. Get yourself a discount. Get somebody you love a bevel if you love them. Internet, as you know, I'm here to tell you, youandathletics.com. At the checkout, I told you before, I'm telling you again, put in Pete10. Get yourself 10% off and free shipping. Treat somebody. Treat somebody that you know to a pair of kicks, a pair of UN Athletics. They got so many dope collaborations coming up. Just go head on over to UNAthletics.com. Check out what they got. Put in code PETE10 at checkout. Get yourself 10% off and free shipping. Do yourself a favor. And listen, they fuck with us. We fuck with them. Enjoy it. Cheer. Intense and we're back sitting here with Hawaii Mike. Yeah. Listen, Mike. Yes, sir. On the break, we're talking about still about the clubs and, and, and why at, at an older age you don't even want to, you don't need to go to them because of situations and shit that happens. But then you also mention like, yo, I did a lot already. Yeah. I was friends with Biggie. Yeah. How, how did that happen? Because uh, that's mean, not something you just say, I was friends with Biggie, you know? I mean, dude, like, if you think about when I was growing up and who my friends were from, you know, Maddie C, Scott Free, you know, Reef, Rob Tulo, Bones Malone, like my affiliation is the source or, or the things like that. I mean, you know, we're hanging around. I mean, sure. Maddie is obviously the guy who put him in sure. the source magazine. Um, the other part was that I had actually moved to, um, in 94, I moved to Waverly between Fulton and Gates, mm-hmm. which was sure. two blocks yep, from the from, Juicy from, video yeah. and them walking up and down and where D-Rock and everybody used to do pull-ups off of the stop. It's like, that was just every day. And then I moved to 278 St. James, which was right next to the building C's and, and Kim grew up in. Sure. Um, and actually before that, when I was on tour with Mob, we was on tour with Big. Mm-hmm. So like it was you know we we were around each other. I mean, we heard the one more chance remix in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania after the show. That was the first time he played it for people. Really? Uh, and how did the crowd react? No, it was in his room. Oh really? It was oh, in, in his the room hotel room after the show. Yeah, he had called everybody into the room. Say, yo, we gotta play this shit. We gotta play this shit. 
And what was everybody's response? It was fucking rocking out. Like, <laughs> but it was like, think about what the shows looked like. You know, sure. everybody running around on the floor and fucking smoking weed. Chicks running here, they and you know. <laughs> you also spoke about being back in the day. Um, what did you say about Prince? Oh, yo, so there was, uh, like, D'Angelo, he was this guy from Virginia. I was like, oh, you got to know this dude. And I actually had met him because my homies used to do work down in Virginia from the hood. Sure. And they had brought him through one time, so we had all smoked. I didn't remember who he was. And then his first show was at, fuck, it was on 47th Street. Um, I think it was called The Supper Club, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a Supper Club. And then got to capacity, they shut the gates, went to perform. And I think that was also the night my wife found his manager's like his uh his uh his jewelry, his bracelet. Oh, D'Angelo's? Yeah. And what about uh so where where did shots get fired in there? No, there was no shots in there. Okay. So that was a good night. Hey, yeah, that was a good night. Relax. Okay, okay. Relax, all right, all right. Relax, I'm not relax. trying to make about everywhere there's that was, <laughs> that was a bad segue. I was, yeah, no shots, I know, no, I shots, know. Okay. no shots, no shots, no shots. It was no at shots. capacity. It was yeah, at it was capacity. Prince couldn't get in. Wait, Prince couldn't get into that D'Angelo yeah, concert? Yeah, Prince couldn't get in. Who the fuck the <laughs> no, let me tell you something. New York City fucking yo. <laughs> New York City. But that's the old New York. But, but, but hold that's on. That's the old New Even York. Even still to this day, sometimes New York City fucking bounces. Think they're the fucking best shit. Yo, they will turn away. Like, why are they like that? When you go out of town, a lot of club bounces aren't as fucking dickish like that. You don't think so? No, I I agree 100%. But nah, they're all dicks. How do you not like, let Prince like, Huh? I mean, because I was in New York back then. That's how clubs were. Like, so yo, you didn't make it in, so wait, but they let their best friend in or some shit. So, exactly. So, D'Angelo's first concert yep. in New York City yep. at the Supper Club, Prince tries to come in and they fucking tell him not. Nah, well, no, no, no. It was already shut down. Okay. And he was trying to get in. They didn't like shut yeah, the but door it's Prince. on him. Let him go through. Let I, him said, I said the same thing. He should have flew through mm-hmm. the top. And, you yeah, know, but like, that's what it was back then, yo. You had all that shit, man. It's funny. You know, you make good sense. You're like, yeah, Prince, sorry, you can't come in. Oh, what's up, Joe? Yeah, okay, come on. How you doing? And you let your friend in. You're right. It's amazing. You know, it's who you know. New York has always been who you know, not what the fuck, not what you know. I mean, not as much now. No, not now, but back not, in the day. Not after bottle service, yo. Bottle yeah. service changed that whole shit, fucked everything up. Well, but why do you think they made bottle service? To make money. To make money, yeah. And But why did it kill it? Well, you, start, you started having all of the venues built for this, for sitting down with the table. Instead of a dance floor, mm. remember a lot of them clubs in the sure. what was it the late nineties, early two thousands started opening up, stopped having dance floors. Sure, so everybody stopped dancing. And that's when shit started getting hectic again. Shit makes and a lot of fun. sense. Makes a lot of sense. No, no, it does. Let's get back to so you, you did LTD uh, magazine, right? Yeah, I created LTD after the Source magazine. LTD was basically. Streetwear, my favorite shit, and my friends that had brands and stores featured in the magazine. Every issue was a uh, was done by a different artist or brand that you know I admired. I got to work with like Futura, Stash, Hayes, um, you know, like great graffiti writers. I mean, incredible, stuff. great artists. I mean, Jeff Staple. Jeff Staple, Jeff Staple yeah. did covers, and and the great thing it was it was um. It was always just, it was conversations with, with our folks. And it was a limited edition publication. We only printed 3,600 copies. You had to be on a list to get it. And if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. Is print completely dead in your mind? Today? No. Today? No. I think, you know what I think is happening now? I think people want more intimate, um, smaller, shared experiences. 
Um, so I think if you can curate the right subject and material, like, I think you can do whatever the fuck you want. Why not? I think they should do, like, a season. You know what I mean? Like, get people hooked to a certain season of books, you know, or magazines, I mean, you know, of things you're doing. I mean, I really think it's, you build some dope shit, they'll come. Yeah. I mean, I think that's in anything, you know? Now, yeah. what about now, now with LTD Magazine? Yep. What, what did you have to do with Ink Magazine? So... We had an agency. That's what we did the Mountain Dew project at. Also called Seed Gives Life. There was um, four of us, and then you know a nice, nice team of uh, creatives that worked with us. And um, we were approached by some real estate friends. Um, they own a lot of property in Chinatown. One of their um, tenants. The triads. <laughs> nah, they're, okay. they're actually cool. The Fungs. Shout out to the Fungs. Um, they were. Um, Fung. They were uh, they're one of the tenants was the second largest supplier of tattoo materials and products, really? so needles and inks sure, and all sure. that kind of stuff. Right? Machinery. Yep. So they basically came to us and said they want to create a high end tattoo publication. So uh, we created it at our agency. I was the founding editor in chief of Inked Magazine. Really? Yeah. See, that's one thing I never knew. Yeah. So we did um, we did four issues there. Got jerked by a publisher who shall rename. Fuck him. Re- Put unnamed. him on blast. Yeah, they still own the magazine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Got it. Um, and uh, so we did. Uh, so Joy Bryant was our first cover. Really? Yeah. And Joy was the homie. Shout out to Joy. Um, and uh, damn, what the fuck was the name of the photographer? It was this dude we had to talk into shooting her. No, shooting for us, because he wanted to shoot her, but he wouldn't shoot for us because it was our first issue. Mm. And he never shoots a magazine's first issue. He was too big. Mm. And I forgot how much. We paid him like 15 racks, yo, for a cover mm. shoot. Imagine getting that now. Like, There's only a handful of magazines sure. that can pay that at sure. this point. You know what I mean? It now, what crazy. made you step away from it? I know you said you got jerked. But we I mean, got jerked. That wasn't. We didn't really step away. It was tough, dude. We were running the the investor pulled out because they were like they didn't understand that money. I mean, magazines don't make money for three to five years. Though. It's a it's a grind. But we had like a sixty four percent sell through at Barnes and Nobles. I'm like, yo, that shit is doing great. Like, give us some time. I mean, our second issue, we did a uh, we had Scott Weiland, okay, R.I.P. Yeah, we got to shoot him. Um, and then uh, we did a uh, Super Bowl party with. Uh, TLC and uh, Miami Inc. in okay. Detroit okay. had George Clinton rock out with us. Allegedly, our publisher smoked crack that night <laughs> to make sure George Clinton performed. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You're a sick fuck, Mike. Yeah, that was crazy. Yo, that uh, was nuts. I'll tell you one thing. I didn't realize how how much. Uh, you know, you've been through a journey, man. You've been through a journey, but Definitely. it's not—it's—it's it, it's not the destination is—is is not what to focus on. The journey. It's the journey, you know. And I, it took me a while to realize that. I was part of the anxiety and depression, and other shit. You know, yeah. Like you deal with, you think it's yo, I'm not there, yet, I'm not there yet, and then you forget to look at. Instead of regretting things that happened in the past, you appreciate, you reflect on in a good way the things that you've accomplished in the past, and that's you know sometimes you forget that shit. But so. but how do you even like you know? I know you said you were meditating. You know how is that? How well, I just that? I mean I just recently so I was doing yoga for a while. Okay, and I, then did that help? Yeah, for sure. Um, just the focus, but the breathing part was something I was still struggling with. I would find myself pause and poses where I was struggling on breathing 
like fluently, like not like like losing your breath and shit. So the breathing exercise I started this month really kind of helped. Like even that shit sounds like retarded when you say, "Yeah, you got to breathe for ten minutes." Like one I breathe all day. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But when you sit there and focus on it, it puts you in a, in the now. Like, and that's sure. the whole thing. It's like trying to just be present. And I think that's something we forget to do is sure. be present. Because what is it? You, you know, regret the past, worry about the future. You know, how do you appreciate now? Well, even here's another thing. But even somebody who's running around, mixing, moving and shaking, how do you even declutter your brain? They're just, you know. That's what I'm working on actually as we speak. So I started with like the the 10 minute um decluttering of you know space so cleaning up my office for 10 minutes you know doing things in spurts so you don't lose focus and then drag things on like knocking things out so i've been working on that a lot yeah that's that shit is tough though because it's a process so here you go all the free shit i got from my whole career especially starting from the source and all that other shit all that free shit has cluttered my crib so not knowing You're a fucking it, hoarder. that shit has turned into almost hoarding, right? Bro, I did the same shit. Bro. Not knowing it, yeah, you know, and not even thinking about it. And next thing you know, you got sneakers everywhere. Your kid is like, I hate sneakers because I yeah. half my room is sneakers. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it, but it's, it's real. And then you don't, yo, know, books. Shelves yeah. and shelves of clothes. Books. Yo, I I don't know if I want to read this book again. Like what? Yo, buy this shit again or fucking get that shit on Kindle. That that like you don't think about it. That shit clutters your mind. So it stresses you out. It feels like that shit's on your shoulders. I just cleaned out our bookcase. Now we can actually have like cubs that are fucking just open. There's nothing in them. Sure, you can see the wall. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's great. Now it's like there's depth again, bro. It's crazy that like, you even think of that, bro. Let me tell you something. Yeah, I'm, nuts. Go, I'm going through the. I, I argue with my lady all the time because our garage is not a garage no more. <laughs> our garage is full of fucking sneakers, clothes, uh, uh, gifts. Yo, let me tell you something. Every week I say I'm gonna clean it. And I haven't cleaned it. I need to. You know how I start to uh, uh, become a hoarder? Throwing shit the fuck out. I make a column, what I'm going to donate, what I'm going to sell, what I'm going to fucking throw away. Yep. And I literally have to like look at something and say, like, oh, this Tommy Hilfiger fucking sweater. Bro, if I didn't wear it 10 years ago or five years ago or three years ago, I'm not wearing it tomorrow. Get the fuck out of here. I need to throw yeah. it because I'm become such a hoarder. And you know what? I said, I don't know if I ever said this on the podcast, but... I remember one time I was looking at my lady and I was like, damn, man, I want to go to Jamaica next month. And she's like, man, we got too many bills. We can't go anywhere. She's like, maybe in a couple of months. And I went in the garage and I looked and I seen a dorm back of four. A dorm back of nine. I had four, four, uh, four mm-hmm. dorm back of fours, four dorm back of threes, uh, I think like four dorm back of sixes, and four dorm back of nines. I look, I say, yo, you know what? I fucking took two of each and went to Fight Club. And you know, those type of shit, they sold the same fucking day. Yeah. Next week, I went and picked up my check. It was like seven, eight grand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was like, yo, we're going on vacation. Yeah. But, you know, I guess I realized when you're in a game so long or, you know, the culture or whatever, you're just a collector yep. of shit like that. But it's hoarding, like you yeah, said. It you become a hoarder. Hoarding. Bro, I, I have I got CDs that are scratched the fuck up that I need to throw out. You understand? Where the fuck can you play a CD? I don't at, know. Like, I just but 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 I got. I don't have a device to play a fucking CD. Right but I now. have CDs. I got. Commit- well, actually, no, I'm lying. I do, but it's I got to go play it through a fucking PS4 or Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I don't have a computer. I don't have a fucking disc man on my hip. I don't, like, what are we doing? But I have Biggie CD. I have, like, a stack of Biggie CDs, yo, that are unopened. Bro. Like, you, why? Like, you you made so much sense when you were like, yo, it stresses you out. Because I'll be honest with you, I go open that garage door, and I'm like, I look at her like she was like, I look at her like she I look at her like it's my ex-wife. Like if I saw if I open if I open the garage door I see my ex wife and then my fucking lady's like what happened I'm like no no nothing 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 <laughs> that's why you gotta try that ten minutes you gotta <laughs> you gotta set set a timer for I'm ten minutes I'm telling you man find one spot and go and knock that one spot out until you can knock out ten minutes and then walk away yeah and then go back into another ten minutes and walk, and I'm gonna try that this weekend man I'm that's like because otherwise that shit is just like that mountain just keeps getting bigger. Let's get into uh, probably the final stretch run of this Hawaii Mike episode is obviously we spoke about it the whole time. And for those who uh, are hearing, he's not breathing. He's puffing. He's been smoking the whole fucking time. Um, but you find I feel like you're living. It's not me wheezing. I feel like you're living your dream because you yeah. you started Chef for Hire. Yes, sir. right. Chef for with, Hire with my wife. With your wife. Yep. Then you start. I thought you started with uh, Philip uh, Spear. Right? That's agency for hire. So oh, we had agency. a marketing company. And yeah, yeah, the food side was all just me and my wife, man. Now, what is Chef for Hire for people? First of all, at Chef for Hire on Instagram, you yeah. can check it out. Um, that was, that's H I G H E R. If you did, you know, for everybody. Who, doesn't get that. <laughs> what is it for people who may not understand? Um, I mean, we're we're a community based company. Uh, we we're a supper club. We meet around food. Uh, we try to show people that uh, we've had a long standing relationship with food as a, as a community, as families, obviously, but also with our friends and uh, other people. We always share moments around food. Um, so we bring people together, and we kind of exper- experiment with. Uh, Comfort food from different um, regions, different styles, different techniques. We theme out, you know, we do these dinners and we theme them out. But basically, we're kind of showing people how to, you know, dine with infused products with cannabis. And, and, um, and how strong are these, these, these... Actually, you know what? Let me go over this menu. I have a menu okay. right here. I have a chef for hire menu. And what's dope about it, I know a lot of people that go there like as couples. And, uh, you know, um, they would go and, yeah. and, and you know... Like a treat there. I think like Ben Hameen, you know, uh, him and his girl yep, would go. Yep, yep, and, yep. and they just sit, ben there, yep. sit there all fucking fucked up. But anyway, here's one of the menus, right? Oh, but shout out to James and Aubrey who just celebrated their anniversary there. Okay. So and speaking of couples, like they should, the anniversary. Okay. That was big. And I know Momo is there a lot. She's a high Momo's beast. always there, yeah. for, for sure. Uh, Momo, Momo's number one. <laughs> the, the chef for hire, right? This most recent one is called Stone Diwin. Right, this was the menu. And this gets printed out. People actually have these uh, menus in front of them. Yes, sir. The It looks like the Amuse, what is that? That's like a... Amuse is like the past. That's like the first thing. So when the guests arrive, they get an Amuse. So this Amuse was Pretty Flowers. It was pretty a zu- flowers. zucchini blossom, yep. regatta, and cornflakes. Yes, sir. So, so it was deep fried. The regatta was mixed with some uh, honey. So that was whipped up. And mm-hmm. then... We put that inside and deep fried it, mm-hmm. and then everything, and then infuse everything, or everything's already the infused. Honey. The okay, honey. the honey. Yeah. Now the stone cold punch. It's yep. overproof rum, dark rum, passion fruit, lime, and sherbet. Yep. Now yep. where does the weed go into that? The alcohol. So we use alcohol as a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. So when people eat um, 
or consume edibles through ingesting in food, a lot of times they anticipate the effects. So we help to try to quell that anticipation by giving you something you're very familiar with, which is alcohol. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you take a shot of alcohol, you feel it's in your system immediately, right? So then THC is attached to that. So it just helps get you kind of going. Where the fuck did you learn relaxed. all this? Um, trial and error. Okay, I was a guinea. I've been a, I've been a good guinea pig. I'm sure, bro. You always look high every time uh, I see you. So I, mean, I can see that. You know, the next, the next one was the appetizer, is a hella fried green tomatoes, basil, yep. buttermilk, and dill. Yeah, basil butter, uh, a basil buttermilk dill. Basically, that's the ranch dip that you kind of mm -hmm. you know smear on the plate, and that's where the THC is in. Yes, sir. Okay, and then you had uh, appetizer. Another appetizer is a. Hola elote, or corn. Elote. Elote. Oh, it's fancy. Yeah. Hola elote. So you got to say like the, you know. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it, bro. And and where does the THC go in that? Uh, what was that? Oh, so we made some mayo, fresh okay. mayo. Okay. From scratch. And now, so we use our olive oil that we make. Yeah. Now, also, I've seen you have a bottle of Chef for High that you made. Uh, what was that like uh, olive oil, right? Yeah, so our, our first and, two products that we'll put out in California will be um, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, and honey. Okay. Now, you also spoke, uh, you know, not to get away from the menu because we're going to finish this menu up, but you also spoke about there's dispensaries in New York. I didn't even know that. You have a medical card. Yes, sir. Yeah, how does one even get that in New York? Uh, chronic pain. Um, nah, but I've, I've seriously had pain for a long time. But, yeah, you can, uh, there's doctors you can find. You know, I never knew there was a dispensary. Yeah, there's a, there's where, a dispensary where is one? There's a dispensary on 14th Street. 14th, really? Yeah, I think it's Columbia Care, I think is that one. Do you see it being finally legal in New York? I mean, that's a that's a tangled web. Let me say this. The government has a patent on the use of cannabis as a neuroprotectant. Mm -hmm. So it protects the transmitting, neurotransmitting, that, you know, it's like Alzheimer's. It helps to slow Alzheimer's down. So the government has a patent. The government also says it's a Schedule One drug, which means it has no medicinal use. Mm. Mm. Okay. Anybody else think that weird a little bit? Just a little? <laughs> the quiet so, was the weird. So, yeah. will it be legal? Could we be Denver? Will they ever stop racial oppression? Will they ever stop the privatized penal system? Will like I don't know. But, like it's, but it's all they, they it's, would make money out of it. Why wouldn't they do it? This they're is making a money, making it illegal too. Yeah, like you understand? Like it's it's not. Look, it's it's illegal in the first place because of the industrial revolution. You know, obviously racial oppression, all that part. But the industrial revolution was happening. All these industries were being created. They can't allow people of color to get into that. Mm. So let's knock out one of the industries all these people can participate in. Let's take out one of the best things we have. We use it for propaganda and then perpetuate that cycle throughout history. Mm -hmm. How you gonna have Reagan saying say no to drugs and the CIA bringing coke into the country? Sure, sure. Because they're the most right. crooked. They're the uh, but, biggest gang. But that's what I'm saying. So they're always making money. So the reason to make it legal would never be for the government to make money. Mm. It has to be for something else, which is why it's illegal in the first place. Yeah. So that's I it's it's hard. Like I don't I don't know what to say when or anything. I can hope, but you know, we just operate in the legal states and you know, we put products out in California. Well, anyway, people who 
check out Chef for Hire. You, you, yep. you do events all over the world. Yep. We're uh, a full-service catering company as well. And they can check it out. I suggest, you know, if you're into that type of shit, you know. I, like food? Yeah, no, well, food I mean, if, and we... If you, if you eat. Make, make it an But event. yeah, but not everything we do. Like, what we really do is about food. It's bringing people together around food. It's one of the most communal things on the planet. Like I said before, it's at... What what birthday party you been to? There's no food. True. No. What graduation party you been to? There's no food. What celebration in general? There's no food. Bro, food. What is gathering the... of people for the most part where they don't act up and say we need food if there's no food. Food is the bridge. Exactly. Food right? is the bridge. It, it it breaks everything down. So if we utilize that and and show how it's been um, or show how food participates throughout history, I mean, bong in India is muddled cannabis leaves. That's crazy. Let's get back to this menu for a second. The main, <laughs> the main uh, item was a barbecue platter. Yep. Brisket, yep. ribs, yes, jerk sir. chicken, house barbecue sauce. Yep. So that's where the THC came in, right? Yes, sir. And uh, look at these sides. Schmack and cheese, German potato salad. Hey, you want to see what it looks like? That's what it looks vegetable. Like. Well, well, you got to go to Chef Fahaya for this, but damn, my God, look at this. What about that? Where does where does the the German potato salad have THC? But here's the thing: for somebody like me who doesn't know about uh-huh. this shit, I go here, right? Yep. I start eating potato salad. I start having some brisket. Good fucking food. Yep. How fucking high do I get? Like, am I sitting there fucking uh-huh. dumb? Can I talk to you <laughs> afterwards? Uh, most people, for sure. Um, so. What we do is there's a certain process in the timing, in the style of food we prepare, how we prepare it, how we it, it's it's a thing. So the length of the service as well. Um, we've had people that have never participated, never ate edibles before, have a great time. We've had people that have been doing it forever, have a very similar time. Um, we believe the shared experience kind of changes um, how we kind of behave and deal with the effects Mm. right Mm. when people have a bad time with it it usually feels like you know i got pushed off a cliff Mm. i can't really grasp reality you know i'm fucked up when they're having a shared experience whereas everything is prefixed everybody's doing the same exact thing you're in a very welcoming environment you're with cool people you can get along with you it's a vibe if i'm feeling weird or anything it must be me because everybody else is having a great fucking time, right? So it's I think that really helps people do it. So what we call it is responsible consumption through proper dosing. Yeah. Now, how many people are at these things? Would you say like, when you take um, So we do we do a monthly one that rotates all over, and there's either two seatings of twenty people or one seating of forty. Really? Yeah. Hey, listen, you also had dessert. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that dessert yeah. was a hostess. Uh, okay. No, all the hosts. All the hostess. Sis. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're yeah, right. Yeah. All the hostess. Yeah. And that included Twinkies, hoes. Ho-Hos, and <laughs> Ding Dongs. How the fuck do you get THC in these things? So, have y'all ever been to, like, the festival, like, San Gennaro? You yeah, get of course. Deep Forget fried, about it. I get get a, the deep-fried Oreos, right? Well, yeah, I get a sausage and peppers. But the deep-fried Oreos, have you ever yeah, had those? of course. With the, so, with the, what is it? Confectionery sugar? But what's the dough? Um, you know what it's fried in? So it's like a pancake batter. Yes, it's yes, it's yes. usually soft, right? Okay, yep. When you bite Golden. into it, what happens? Uh, it's like a sponge. And you get to the what? Cookie. The hard cookie. Yes. Right? So I never actually liked that experience because I don't really eat hard Oreos. Mm-hmm. Like you dip them in milk, they get soft. That's when you eat them, right? Right? No? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I agree. So 
we did the flip. We did a waffle batter, right? Crispy, light, airy. And then you get to the soft Oreo because we didn't freeze the Oreo. Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's a different experience. Oh, you guys are fucking uh, weed geniuses. I'll tell you one it's thing. It's food geniuses. Some, like, we no. It has nothing to do. Because trust me, if you eat it, you don't taste it. But two, without it, you're still eating it. Trust me. Um, well, well, there's, there's, that's, but, so that's what I'm saying. This... That part of it is just another box we check, just like an ingredient. Mm. It's just like going to the farmer's market and saying, oh, this is available? All right, we're going to put that in there, and we're going to flip this ingredient like this, or we're going to flip this menu like this, or we're going to add things here and there to, to tickle the senses. I mean, we use, we use terpenes, too. Mm. Like, you know, so flavor profiles, sure. smell profiles, right? Like, we use all of those things as well as part of the experience. Let me ask you, what's your favorite strands of weed? I'm an OG guy. Okay. Not because I'm an old guy, just an OG guy. Okay. So I'm right. always good with OG. Um, but, you know, I fuck with some AJ Sour all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to AJ. Yeah, you know. AJ kills it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what else? Um, oh, yo, actually, my people's got some some fire. This shit called Billy Kimber. Billy Kimber? Billy Sounds like an Kimber. adopted kid from fucking Pennsylvania. Nah, Humble Pharmacy LA, yo. Shout out to uh, all my family out there, Woo and, and, and crew. Yo, Billy Kimber is... What about Moon Rock? I'm not really a fan of Moon Rock. Why? Sorry, Why? 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 Um, it, it just doesn't really get me like that. I don't know. And then, f- you know, if you don't get him... It, I corrupts Moon Rocks. So what he smokes, I'd probably smoke with him. Mm. The other stuff, because depending on who you're getting it from, and some people get the Fugazi. Like, a lot of the times, that shit ain't the top shelf. Mm-hmm. So it's a different it's a different experience. I've had some other ones, especially, like, the fake, fake ones. Like, you see them, that shit look nasty. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want that. Yeah. And that's not really a strain. That's like a concoction. Okay. That's a Frankenstein of see what you See, what you guys are doing, <laughs> especially with the chef of hire, yeah. is you're literally having a full-course fucking dinner. That is all THC. Like literally from mm-hmm. fucking appetizers to a cocktail to a main entree. And they change all the time. All the time. You know? Last last month we did Seinfeld. Really? What does that mean? Like <laughs> we did um so foods like Seinfeld have mad food references from like soup Nazi to this big salad to a bunch of things. So we just kind of flipped our our perspective on it. Um was it George used to eat a pastrami sandwich for like foreplay? Mm-hmm. And then they used to always eat Chinese food. So Mission Chinese, which is a restaurant I love, plus they're from San Francisco, does a Kung Pao pastrami. Mm. So we got some pastrami from Katz's, mm. cubed it up, and hooked up a Kung Pao pastrami. Added all Shout that. out to Chef Albi. Added, yeah. added all that. Shout everybody out. Fuck it. Why not? There you go. Why not? Why not? Forget everybody. about it. Yeah, You're going to forget, forget somebody. It. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, what about uh, the strain um, Jack uh, Herrera? Jack Herrera. Yeah. Oh, I love some Jack. Yeah. You got my man's in the Bay. You know who you are. Grow some fire, Jack. Hurry. <laughs> 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 the photographer the Danny SpaceX says he, he's a big fan of it too. Yeah, Jack Herrera's oh that shit is bomb. Um listen, we we got so much weed talking and I don't even smoke weed. <laughs> you don't even smoke. It's all right though. No, it's but right, here's the thing. All right, all right. We all have an endocannabinoid I, system, so you actually could. 
But you don't have to. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's you, all right. Can, you don't need the benefits. You're good. If I come down... You got Italian I, food. I'm going to give you... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing your spaghetti and meatballs with THC. I'm going to say, yeah, we did, leave we it did, out. Oh, we did, a, we did a whole red sauce night. Really? Yeah. See, listen, internet, you need to fuck with this bit. You know, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. fuck with it because I don't want to get fucking high because I, I lose my mind. But you know what? <laughs> What's... Where you might find it. Be, be, yeah, probably, true. <laughs> be, being that... What is the, like... Dumbest thing you did when you were high, like over the years, because you, you know what I mean. The highest, dumbest thing that you ever did. Um, I shot my TV. What? Yeah, I was trying to help James West. I was watching Wild Wild West when I was a kid. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> what do you mean? Explain more. So you. <laughs> <laughs> so we lived with my uncle um, when I was in like middle school, and uh, I took over his old bedroom. His old bedroom used to be his gun room, so he, you know. Collects guns, used to shoot all the time. And so, actually, when I first had sex, there was an AR-15, a 30-odd-6, a 30 a thirty Winchester, a compound bow, and a double-barrel shotgun on the wall. Mm. So that was fun. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I grew up in a household like that. So I was watching Wild Wild West one time, and I had a 30-30 Winchester, and I forgot to empty the chamber. <laughs> yeah. I shot him, though. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I got, I got him. Yeah, I got it later you sh- though. You shot the two. <laughs> yeah, I had to tell my uncle that shit wasn't. Yeah, that shit wasn't fun. Yeah, I will tell you what, there's a couple yeah. times I seen you out in the streets, fuck the fuck up, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, you oh, was, that's probably because I was drinking. I yeah, stopped drinking. drinking. I yeah, stopped drinking. You stopped drinking. I stopped drinking. Yeah, there was a couple times I was worried about you, bro. Yeah, yeah, that was that was probably the alcohol. You know how it goes. Yeah, but listen, what about now? We spoke about your father. Yeah, and uh, you know, 16 years old when he sat down with you and smoked. Yeah. What about your kids? What, what, what? Uh, my oldest son, we he started smoking with me when he was 18, but he didn't start smoking until he was 18. But I wasn't the first person he smoked with. Um, How does that feel to smoke with your kid? Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. I smoked around them their whole lives. That's the thing. I never hit it. Because for me, it was never anything that was hidden from me. It was never anything taboo. It was only taboo outside of our home like because the authorities... Mm. You know, would say something, but in my home, like, so my memories of it are, my both my parents are musicians. There's a jam session, there's adults, there's kids, there's everything in between. There's music, there's food, there's drinks, there's trees. It's fun. Mm. I mean, that's it. It was the seventies, eighties, like that's all it was. Like, you know, so there was no harm in, in none of that, and that was the just part of the lifestyle that was just one of the things that was present mm. like it wasn't like oh my god it's there look everybody it's cannabis yeah, sure. you know <laughs> let's, let's love it and let's it's there look we have a brand it tastes this and do that and like now it's so novelty that's why we approach it that's why i keep saying it's not really we don't forward face it because it's not what it's about yeah people would still come just for the food are you um are you still growing growing what herb me, I've never grown. Okay, never know. No, I, I, I've been around that shit. My, my mom did. Okay, was worked with growers. Okay. Didn't really, you know. But I've never. That mm-hmm. was never like anything. I, you don't I, think that'd be good for the, your business? The dedication that would take you. I respect that that craft. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't even consider myself a chef. Where do like, you get the lights to grow? You need them at Home Depot or something. Lowe's. So. Nah, I doubt they're at Home Depot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I doubt it's at Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all you kids go to home. No, don't go to Home. I want to play. <laughs> no, I'll I, I tell you one thing. As we want to get a this, license, as we wind down this episode, you know, you think about it. Your journey has been, uh, you know, uh, crazy. Starting in San Fran, 
yeah. in the music industry, in yeah. print, in street team, in really just being a person who wore many hats. Media. You know? like, yeah. But again, like so I said, like, what do they say? Um, luck is the intersection of passion and preparedness. Yeah. Right? This year is 25 years I've been in New York. This year I also turned 44. Mm-hmm. Right? So numbers have been around and swirling. It just feels like it's the right time to be doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, everything feels right. So it's like, keep keep yeah. pushing. You know, keep what's, your, what's your advice to a freelancer coming up? Young kid that wants to, you know, live his dream out and, and really just, you know, not work in, in, a, in a corporation, create things and create his own blueprint. What's your advice um, for him? I mean, if I was going to, uh, let's say it like this, if I was going to talk to myself again mm-hmm. and give myself advice, like, you know, um, don't lose sight of the larger goals, but always fight for the things that make you happy in the present, mm-hmm. you know? Because, mm-hmm. um, again, like, you know, you, you, you sometimes lose, you forget what you want and you're self-serving other people, you know, and their needs. And so their needs become your life. Mm. You know, so don't forget what you want, what you need, what your dreams are. Because that's what happened for me. I forgot to dream for a minute, mm. you know. And then once you stop dreaming, your journey sort of kind of stagnates, right? Because mm. your dreams can constantly change. And that's where that journey changes and takes you in different directions. And you, you see and learn and do new shit. But, you know, you get to that dark place and sometimes you get stuck. You know, you just find yourself um, treading water. And that's when, like you were saying before, like you have a good year and a bad year. If you're just treading water, shit ain't good when you're independent, no. when you're an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. You got to keep, you know, that hustle, that, that that fire burning, that creative spirit, that grind. You can't let, you know, Not to be from cliche. my experience, I, I don't, you know, I don't have uh, 20 years uh, of freelancing like you, but uh, I have maybe, say, 10. And, you know... The only thing that sucks is you got to stay strong when those things get tough because I'll oh, be yeah. honest with you, you could lose your passion. Quick. Or you're just, you know, it's just... Or hate what you do. Yeah, yeah. Like, just despise that shit. Yeah. You know, and then that turns into friction with your family. Sure, sure. You know, all these things trickle all, down. All the, everything trickles down, you know? But hey, listen, you know, you, you're still with your lady and... Yeah. uh you know, you guys are creating something dope with Chef for Hire. Uh, and I want you to check out Chef for Hire. And what's the web the website too? It's it's getting up. Yeah, it'll be ChefForHire.com. dot com. We'll just yeah. check. But Instagram. y'all can sign up, and yeah. you know, it'll be like members, and we'll have recipes and galleries, and you know, ways to get a hold of us. And on and Twitter and Instagram, HWMK. HWMK. Okay, listen, you had to get early on that one to get that, you know, <laughs> to lock that one down. Uh, nah, well, yeah, yeah, because you know, somebody, you know, they got those bots, man. I, I remember I went to one of the websites to look at hawaiimike.com y'all went back like two hours later that shit was gone yo people buy shit because they want you to buy but I remember somebody no, bought, they buy it because you search somebody bought as soon as you Trill. search as soon as you search do you know somebody copyrighted Trill and Bun and, yeah, you know, they yeah. had to reach out to them and when they found out who the guy was all he said was like yo I've been waiting for you to call me I have yeah. it already for you I just want to get like an autograph or a picture Crazy. Bun met him in South by Southwest, and I guess they transferred over the, the uh, copyright of Trill. Like it's crazy, bro. They've been for a picture and an autograph. Yeah, and, yeah uh, that's all he wanted. And that, for the moment, yeah, that's it. It's yeah. what we wanted. I mean, I'm not mad at that. 
That's not that bad. Hey, listen, there's people who are more scumbags than that. Oh, you know for sure. I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. I'm not mad at that. At least it was like, yeah, hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the kid could have did something like that, but you know, it's it's nice to see. Anyway, listen, Mike, um, your journey, like I said, is definitely inspiring, um, and I want you to continue to push the the openness of men supporting men well, and just being sure. being more brotherhood. And that's why I reached out to her. I mean, when I seen that, I think I texted her and just said, hey, I want to send blessings your way. Yep. No, 100%. Um, and I seen I a bunch of people commented, yep. and you said that to text you too. And then text, yeah, a lot of texts. So, you know, even though, you know, you may have closed deals with Burton and Nike and Mountain Dew, um, have been married for 17 years, have a successful, you know, uh, cannabis, a uh, uh, beautiful uh, business with Chef for Hire, done, whatever, done a lot of shit that doesn't mean that you're not a human being, that 100%. you haven't gone through shit, that you don't have anxiety, that you don't have depression. And, you know, I just want to say as a as, as a friend and, and, and that, you know, uh, we need to reach out to people and, and be there for people and understand that, you know, uh, to uplift them. You know yeah. what I mean? We need to uplift them. That's why we put that out there. So, yeah, you know. Welcome that now. Yeah. Well, Open listen, arms. Listen, listen. Listen. Uh, I feel like people could just probably be high just when they listen to this episode. Like, just from like, <laughs> the strains that are, like, coming out of the air holes of the audio, you know? <laughs> but anyway, listen. Internet. No, you can't get contact. Yeah, you're good. Internet. Check for Hawaii Mike. Like I said, HWMK. Check for Chef for Hire on Instagram um, and see what they're doing. And listen, Mike, all the best. Uh, what, what, what's coming up? Um, shit, we'll be out in LA soon. Um, so y'all can look for that one. Um, you know, any other projects you're, you're working on? No, just the website, man. That's the, trying to get that out. We'll have some merch up there, you know, a few things, and then uh, we'll be out in California soon. So okay, things okay. Like, things I need like. them fruit roll ups. THC. <laughs> they we, got those. Need them we, nerds. Won't, we won't be doing that. They, they got, got nerds. That. You got nerds. You, you got could, Jolly Ranchers. You can find all of that. Okay, now nah, we're okay. gonna. We're going to be regular. You know what I need? I need you to make me a fucking tortellini Alfredo. Yeah, see. There we go. Now we'll talk. Forget about it. Now we'll talk. Internet's Hawaii Mike, man. Listen, we'll see you next week. Pleasure. We'll see you next episode. Cheer. Internet's, if you like what you heard today, okay, then tweet me at the Premium Pete Show at Premium Pete or email me at the Premium Pete Show at gmail.com. You were fucking with it. You weren't fucking with it. I don't care. I ain't taking it personal. I want to know your thoughts, okay? And I'll tell you another thing. All my businesses out there, small business, big business, whatever business, if you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show, email me at thepremiumpetshow at gmail.com. And let's get something working. Let's figure it out, okay? I'll see you next week. Cheer. Forget about it.